I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is our host each and every week, subject of a documentary, a long radio series prior to becoming the host of uh, her own radio show slash podcast. And she's won awards for this podcast in education. Strangely enough, we're going to be talking about that. And it was a, just a quick uh, run through on, on Sesame Street, which was funny. It was a last second thought and we did it and it actually won, uh, won a prize here up at the uh, Press Club of Long Island. And uh, in the education category, which is uh, which is quite interesting, uh, and it was uh, no thought put into it. We just kind of it was off of old knowledge she had, and we just kind of did it on the wing, and it was uh, on the fly, and it was just it was great. Uh, and she's also the uh, the author of sixteen books. More on the way. Doc, how are you? I'm just fine, thank you. I hope you are too. On this nice, here it is a nice sunny one hundred degree. 101 degree uh, Labor Day. Wow, 101 <laughs> degrees, and that's uh, that's the norm. It's becoming the new normal. Oh, it, uh, we haven't been under 100 for uh, weeks. Probably, Ugh. yeah. Brutal. So all, all of June, June, and well, it's been since actually since the first week in June. I think we had a shower uh, in the first week of June, and from then we've had nothing. Uh, one little shower for about 10 minutes sometime, I think, in July, uh, and and absolutely nothing, and everything is drying up. I mean, our lakes, our rivers, um, our aquifer, which uh, is our water supply for San Antonio, uh, and I don't know if, uh, if everything, if all the water in Texas dries up, I just don't know what our big cities are going to do, frankly. Uh, but, well, thank God you, you have a competent governor that only cares about the people and not politics whatsoever. So uh, not being, <laughs> being sarcastic. <laughs> yes, we, um, that, I'm going to be talking about him today. So, <laughs> so uh, um, well, shall we yes. jump right into yeah, it? Yeah, jump into it. Yeah. How, how is he doing on the education front and any of the other fronts? Uh, well, I'm going to talk about the the crisis at the southern border first, and uh, and then talk about what he has done to our schools, uh, what he has done uh, in order to make our schools schools safer. Um, uh, and here we go. Uh, I've done this sort of thing once before. That is split a presentation into two parts, which were loosely related, but both. Uh, worth reporting on, since both of them have wider implications than just uh, Texas. Uh, and by yeah, and by Texas, of course, uh, I mean Texas as a whole, uh, which occupies a big chunk of the nation anyway, um, and still a bigger chunk of the of uh, the attention of the country. Uh, and I will call today's presentation "Texas Matters." Uh, and it's which is a title of a radio series on NPR here in Texas. Wow, has been going. nice, very nice. Yeah, Texas, Texas Matters uh, has been going on for years, and of course the title can be read in two ways, depending on the emphasis. Texas Matters, or Texas Matters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean it in, in both senses. Uh, but first, I want to talk about the crisis at our southern border, uh, which has been made worse by Governor, Governor Greg Abbott's nearly $10 billion Operation Lone Star Project. And I've talked about that before and how horrible it is at, uh, at um, Eagle, Eagle Crest, Eagle Ridge, uh, uh, and the, uh, the, uh, the river, the shore of the river roundabout there that is uh, lined with razor wire and the river is uh, impeded by uh, huge, lengthy, thousand-foot buoys that are intended to keep people from reaching the shore. Uh, wow. And, of course, the river the river is about seven feet deep in the middle, so... Uh, uh, so it's certainly, and there's, the current's quite swift there. Um, 
and it's uh, the city is Eagle Pass. I was <laughs> fishing for the name and not finding it. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, the the current of the Rio Grande is swift right there in the middle, and so it it's fairly um, it's dangerous. It's fairly easy for people to drown if they. Uh, uh, if they make a misstep, and people have done that, unfortunately. Mm. And the, the boys are meant to keep them uh, out there in the middle so they they might drown instead of making it to shore on our side. But anyway, that's not what I'm going to talk about. Mm. Um, there was an article in uh, yesterday's Express News, so the Sunday newspaper, uh, by the executive director of the Texas Fair Defense Pro Project, uh, and his name is Jeffrey Burkhart. And the title of the article was Cost of Operation Lone Star, $400,000 per arrest. <laughs> and uh, Burkhart wow. follows, yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burkhardt follows the ill fate of an ordinary Mexican citizen whose name is Edgar Garces Robles, who was arrested in Valverde County in September two, 2021. And instead of being handed over to the Border Patrol Agency, which is the supposed proper procedure, Garces Robles was handcuffed, charged with misdemeanor trespass, and locked in a Texas prison. And this procedure is a violation not only of federal law, but of the man's civil liberties, and therefore the Texas Fair Defense Project, together with the ACLU of Texas and the law firm Covington and Burling, are suing the state and county officials. Abbott began his Operation Lone Star with a wish to, de uh, to deport illegal immigrants but only sovereign nations can deport non-citizens. Mm. So his solution was to arrest them instead. So over 10 ranchers agreed to allow the state tro troopers onto their, t their uh, land to arrest migrants. And Abbott flooded the area with National Guard and police. And this has been going on now for two years. And its costs are grim. Texas has spent about $5 billion on this one aspect of the Lone Star uh, 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 project, dwarfing the cost of razor wire and busing to other cities and boys in the Rio Grande River. About th uh, 33,000 immigrants have been arrested, according to Abbott, um, according to his records. Uh, Texas is spending about 150,000 uh, per misdemeanor arrest, but the number of arrests has been inflated by including non-operation uh, uh, non Lone Star arrests. So, um, 33,000 is is the claim. Mm. But once the non uh, the non-migrant arrests uh, have been isolated. Uh, we find that uh, there have the real number of arrests of illegal migrants is eleven thousand four hundred, hmm. and the rest of them are either uh, people who who live in the area on the U.S. side. In other words, they're citizens of this country, and are uh, trespassing on on people's uh, land um, illegally, or uh, or they are some some other type of person. They're not illegal Im immigrants in any case. So, uh, so about a third of the people who have been arrested uh, are actual illegal immigrants. And this means that each arrested illegal immigrant is costing the state of Texas more like four hundred thousand dollars instead of one hundred fifty thousand apiece. And and the human cost is of course far greater if you uh, if you think of the suffering of these people. So, uh, watching groups such as uh, Human Rights Watch uh, 
have, uh, uh, I should say, groups watching, such as Human Rights Watch, have documented uh, uh, racial profiling and constitutional violations, injuries and deaths, and the damage extends to Operation Lone Star officers as well, uh, who have committed suicide, uh, while others have drowned or have suffered uh, other kinds of accidents. And South Texas residents have also suffered, suffered. Um, they've suffered loss and destruction of their land and property by uh, the military being all over the place and uh, spreading uh, razor wire on it and, uh, uh, and container uh, cars, those things that you see on railroad, uh, uh, on, uh, on trains, on non-passenger trains. Uh, and U.S. citizens have also been erroneously stopped and ticketed, as I've already said. Abbott touts the operation as having halted the flow of drug trafficking and human smuggling with these arrests, mm. the razor wire, the boys, and so on. But the truth is that illegal immigration has increased during Operation <laughs> Lone Star by 30%. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. By what, what percent? I'm sorry. 30. 30%. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, Abbott blames that on Biden because— Of course. Uh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> Biden halted uh, the stay-in-Mexico uh, law and so on. It's uh, the other abusive things that uh, the instant, uh, uh, instant uh, rejection of people throwing them out of the country— uh, at, before they could even set foot on across the bridge or, or uh, on the other side of on the our side of the river, uh, so Biden was more permissive, and therefore thirty percent of people uh, tried to get in, thirty percent more, uh, and have succeeded in getting in despite Operation Lone Star. So the majority of the migrants are simple family members who are deprived of the means of living in their home countries and who are seeking a better life. The photograph that, that accompanies the article that I'm using as a base for this story um, illustrates the, uh, uh, my point that these are, are ordinary people. It shows very young, a group of six very young people um, probably 20, uh, in their 20s, teens and 20s. There's a, a young, maybe 20-year-old father, or a teen, possibly a, a teenage brother, and his son or his brother who are kneeling on the edge of the bank of the river while contemplating the mass of ra razor, wire, razor wire confronting them. The wire is in two tiers, each of which is six feet high, at least, and the same in depth. And of course, they are looking uh, puzzled. How are they going to get through that? They are going to try. And the, uh, behind them, uh, wading in the river still, are two young men and a very young mother holding her five or six year old daughter in, uh, by her hand. These are the dangerous criminals. Who are, who are going to try, they're on the point of trying to make their way through the 12 feet of razor wire. And if they do make it, and they, they do make it actually, uh, they will surely come out with multiple slashes and cuts deep enough to require stitches. But they're desperate and they will not turn back. So getting back to Garces Robles case, he sat in prison for 100 days, after which a court dismissed his case, and he was illegal, illegally held for another 19 days before being transported to the Border Patrol Agency, where he should have been in the first place. His arrest and lengthy detention wasted taxpayer money, violated constitutional rights, and added nothing to public safety. And we Texas, Texans paid the $400,000 bill. The other topic, so this, that is the river, yeah. and that is Abbott and the, and the uh, Operation Lone Star, which he is so very proud of. Wow. 
I, I, I don't know how you could be proud of that. And uh, if that's not enough, uh, his, uh, his Evaldi uh, situation is even worse. But go ahead. And that is exactly what I'm going to talk about. So the other, the other topic is this. Uh, and here's the title. Texas schools are no safer after Uvalde. And that, I think, applies probably. The reason I picked these topics is, first of all, this, this immigration uh, problem, which we are paying for all $10 billion out of our tax money. Um, uh, and that's one thing that affects the whole country because these immigrants that are being so terribly abused um, are people who will be coming into the rest of the country with the busing and with the normal dispersion of people once they are accepted uh, just uh, for a stay of any any length of time. So um, when I went to Maine um, a couple of years ago, uh, I found them there. Uh, and they spoke very little English either, and I don't think any Mainers have bothered to learn Spanish. They know French because France, uh, uh, Quebec is right right around the corner there from them. Um, but um, but they're, uh, uh, the people who are doing the scut work in Maine are mainly the Hispanics who came through this border, either Texas or California. Um, and they're not stopping. We, uh, the uh, Hispanic population is burgeoning in this country because of the unrest and impossible situation in Latin America. Uh, and so uh, it's a problem that should be a main concern of all administrations, and that includes all state administrations as well. So it's a universal problem. But anyway, um, so as I said, the other uh, the other problem is that Texas schools are no safer after Uvalde, and this goes for all the schools I imagine in most Republican states where the governors have not bothered to do anything about safety, uh, and in Democratic states too, because. Uh, the measures it would take to make the uh, school safe cost so very, very much, and I'm going to talk about that now. So, um, for those who have uh, who have forgotten, a year and three months ago, in May 2022, I believe it was the 24th of May. An 18-year-old gunman with uh, a legally purchased, purchased assault rifle entered Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, and slaughtered 19 fourth graders and two teachers. And this is the second worst shooting, uh, school shooting in the United States. And shortly afterwards, Governor Greg Abbott gave a speech to the NRA, and I'm gonna quote him verbatim. Do we expect laws to come out of this devastating crime? The answer is absolutely yes. And there will be laws in multiple different subject areas. We need to have a discussion and pass laws to make sure that our schools are safer and the people of Uvalde, but also the people of Texas deserve it." Unquote. Note, Notice that the word gun, it was never mentioned in this <laughs> snippet of speech, yeah. uh, nor did it occur in the words of condolence spoken to the shocked and grieving citizens of Uvalde the day after the massacre. And I don't think it has passed the, the lips of our governor uh, in any way uh, since, since then. So for the last two years, uh, no mention of guns, God forbid. But the laws that the Texas legislature has, has since passed have no teeth, and we are um, inadequately, and they are inadequately funded. The House Bill 3 is now in effect. It requires a school, uh, it requires a school 
threat assessment team and a mental health training for educators and it increases school safety guidelines. The highest profile aspect of the law requires armed school officers at every campus. And I would say at every building on every campus, but very few, few school districts have complied. And those who can't place an officer at every school campus can file for a good cause exception and instead hire a third party contractor or a school marshal or a trained school district employee. But they, uh, they aren't required to report whatever they do to the Texas Education Agency, which therefore can't track compliance. <laughs> so although this is the law, we don't know uh, actually, uh, accurately, uh, how, uh, how much compliance we've had in the state, but we do know that it hasn't, it isn't widespread compliance, I mean. A local education coalition uh, says that HB3, although well-intentioned, puts school districts in the dilemma of implementing safely measure, safety measures without sufficient funds. The state of Texas had a get this, $33 billion surplus this mm. season. But it has only increased the school safety allotment by 28 cents per student. Oh my God. Yeah, from eight, from $9.72 to $10. And it gave each campus $15,000. The Texas Education Agency announced that school districts can soon apply for part of a statewide $1.1 billion grant. This is from the agency uh, to help harden schools. But this money must be spread among over 2,000 school districts. So even $1.1 billion doesn't amount to very much when you spread it over uh, 2,400 schools or more. Northside uh, Independent School District, which is San Antonio's largest district, uh, listed the following safety costs. 310000 for a security lobby. 94,000 for new doors. $4 million for police communication systems and $94,000 for intercom systems. And some of the largest local school systems have declared a good cause exception to HR3 and that's House um, HB, I'm sorry, House Bill 3, and are uh, recruiting and training security specialists who are not certified police officers. And these people should receive a salary of $75,000 per school year, especially if they're raising a family. But as San Antonio Superintendent Jaime Aquino said, Parents ex, uh, expect districts to have an officer at every school, but the San Antonio Independent School District uh, as a whole can't afford it. We don't have the financial support to be able to provide the safety and security measures needed to educate a child in 2023, he said. And even if there were enough funding, there is a shortage of available personnel police officers are in short supply. Also, it's difficult to hire school police officers when the pay is currently set at uh, between $40,000 to $45,000 per school year. And that, those are starvation wages these days. The bottom line is, and I quote directly from the editorial, editorial's conclusion, Every shooting begins with a gun. On this front, Texas lawmakers and Abbott, and I'm quoting here uh, from this uh, editorial, and lawmakers and Abbott have failed to embrace even the most basic common sense reforms, that's uh, gun regarding guns. Hardening schools is a necessary reality but it is also a capitulation to gun violence and an acceptance 
that what should never happen will happen again. And yet Texas can't even properly fund school safety. Falling so short of basic expectations is how tragedy compounds itself. This is how gun violence continues, unquote. That was the end of that uh, editorial that I'm basing mm. myself on with all of the figures there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, an ironic footnote, and that's in the same issue of the Express News, so yesterday's newspaper, Carrie Clack, uh, who is an editorialist and who usually has hits the bullseye with his witty observations on local matters, seems to me to miss point that the main editorial has just made. The costs for implementing the needed security measures would, for each uh, school district, run far over a million dollars. And yet, when a local citizen complained to Mr. Clack that Northeast Independent School District's budget for security costs totaled to $25,000, no, $250,000. Yeah, $250, he questioned the school only to be stonewalled. <laughs> the, his article lays out the facts of the thwarted attempt um, to get information from the school uh, as if the school were committing some sort of dastardly corruption and eluding public tax money. I grant that refusing to explain the costs to Mr. Clack was impolite, but on the other hand, I do hope that by now he has read the editorial in the same paper. Uh, so people, uh, the people of Texas simply don't understand that it takes millions of dollars, and I mean millions of dollars, to harden the schools the way uh, Abbott wants them hardened. Uh, and how, the way, if, if we're going to live with uh, this gun uh, mass shooting problem and expect more of them to happen, then we certainly need to, to harden the schools. In other, uh, in other words, put in steel doors where there are now wooden doors that lock only from the outside uh, and, and so forth. And... Uh, uh, and communication systems that actually work, which they did not in the case of Uvalde. And this cost tremendous money. We did have a $33, 000, $33 billion surplus, but most of that has gone to, uh, to Operation Lone Star, which is ineffective in keeping people out anyway, despite all the razor wire. So the problem is... Abbott thinks he's addressing the problem, but he's not. Uh, the, the legislature, his legislature, has not solved the financial end of it at all. And here we go. And we, and furthermore, can't find the number of officers we need to patrol the campuses of the schools. And there we have the dilemma. And I have a feeling that this is the same situation all across the country. And so there we are. We're landed with the ability of a shooter, of a young, uh, uh, an 18-year-old who can uh, can legally buy an assault uh, rifle, or uh, who can come into a school because there is not an officer patrolling there, uh, and uh, shoot his way into a classroom because it's a wooden door that locks on the outside, probably is still open anyway, and massacre everybody in a couple of schoolrooms, which is precisely what happened in Uvalde. So, situation terrible, and situation continues. Yeah, wow, again. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, it seems like... Uh, the the two biggest issues uh, fall right on the lap of this particular governor, and uh, his his handling of it uh, leaves uh, certainly I, I I can't imagine that anyone is pounding uh, their chest and saying he has done a great job on this or he's done a great job on that. They obviously think he's done 
overall a fine job because he he beat Beto O'Rourke in, in a landslide, right? So they must think he's he's doing something well. But I can't yeah. imagine anyone thinking that he's handling um, the Evaldi uh, mess, where uh, of course he uh, uh, he congratulated the uh, the the officers for getting there early, and and of course that was a huge faux pas on his part because it was anything but the truth and his knee-jerk reaction was was terrible and his instincts were terrible on on that one uh, my my question is his biggest supporters i imagine are are the the pro-gun the pro second amendment yeah. folks who want him yeah. to do absolutely nothing on on gun control he doesn't they don't want him to take away anything including um you know, people with mental uh, mental uh, inadequacies or or emotional inadequacies uh, to have the ability to get an assault rifle. So there's no quarter. He gives no quarter on any kind of gun control. And those people who want that probably think he's doing a great job. Immigration people, uh, I mean, talking tough and 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 putting up razor wires and basically setting booby traps. For human beings, I guess if if you're you're so into hatred of of the Mexicans coming across, or people from uh, from South or Central America coming across that southern border in Texas, um, maybe you think he's doing a great job. But other than that, I, I mean, uh, do do the people think he's doing a great job, or did they just not want better or rock quote unquote? taking away their guns and letting these brown people in. Yeah, well, uh, of course, he, his propaganda is that he's stopping uh, human smuggling, smuggling and, and weapon smuggling and drug smuggling. And the, the, the irony of the weapons smuggling thing is that, the, that uh, weapons are being smuggled from the United States into Mexico. <laughs> That's how the drug dealers uh, get their uh, their arsenal. Um, they uh, they buy them from the, from U.S. dealers, um, and probably mail order. Uh, but but anyway, uh, they're getting their weapons from us. It's not coming the other way. And as for uh, drug uh, smuggling, uh, these people are not crossing the Rio Grande with drugs. These, uh, the drugs are crossing the Rio Grande in airplanes, um, and and uh, uh, in boats along the shores uh, of uh, the Gulf and uh, the Pacific. Are, uh, so they uh, they dock in places in Oregon, maybe, or uh, Washington State, and. Uh, and the drugs are dispersed from there. Uh, they don't bother with the Rio Grande. It's the the poor people who are driven out of their homes who are trying to get across that blasted river <laughs> and yeah. and who are, are willing to drown and be sliced to pieces by razor wire in the attempt. And they do not turn back. They are absolutely think that the razor wire is less of an evil than what they are running from. Uh, so these people are desperate, and it's up to the border patrol, not the the uh, state police, uh, to deal with this problem. And, and when uh, Abbott interferes with his uh, with his Operation Lone Star. Uh, it, it's illegal, really, what he's doing. He's uh, going against the Constitution, and he's taking away the rights of these people, uh, and the the human cost is enormous. Uh, I wonder if uh, you, uh, Frank, have noticed any change in the people you see on the streets uh, in uh, on Long Island and in New York City. Um, whether you see that they are turning more browner than they normally would be or, or, say, 20 years ago were. Do you see any difference in that? Because yeah, I, being... I, I do, and I, it's, it's, not even, it's not even up for question. There is, I just came from a Target, and that's a, um, a you, know, the, the, you know what we have here, like a Walmart. I don't know, you, you probably have Target stores. And, and, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so, both Walmarts and Targets. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I just came, and I was in a Walmart this morning, and 
I had to go in and pick up something, and it, you could you could notice the the customer base uh, being heavily uh, heavily uh, Hispanic, and uh, right browner um, than certainly 20 years ago, uh, 20, 25 years ago for sure. But it it is it is a mixed community at this point, and you know I, I urged my four children to learn Spanish, and a couple of them did, and. Uh, and they're, they're pretty good at it uh, because we're having such an uh, you know a, um, a a diverse group coming uh, coming in, and it's mm -hmm. just inevitable. I mean, to me, it's just inevitable. And quite frankly, um, I I think the Republican Party is uh, is handling it very badly. Um, these are these are Christians coming over there for the most part. They're Judeo-Christian that are coming over and yeah. if they chase them out of the party or if they uh show this open prejudice which they have been <laughs> clearly showing open prejudice uh they're going to chase them into the democratic party it's inevitable that this group is uh is going to be part of our fabric our country's fabric and they yeah. might may mm -hmm. even be the salvation of our country in uh in a uh, in a strange way um yeah so yeah, the short answer is is yes i definitely see it and uh and i i say embrace it, it, it there's uh in in a couple of generations we're not going to know the difference between uh you know and again i this sounds very prejudicial or as if i'm talking to bigots out there but you're not going to know the difference between italian people and greek people and and uh, mexican people and um and and whatever i mean it, you know there's there's less and less pure lily white people in this country anyway i i mean it's mm -hmm. like um you should embrace the multiculturalism uh that we have it's unique in the oh, world yeah. and, and and we are built on it right <laughs> that's what we not, wouldn't be here without it that's, that's for sure uh, uh except for the very few uh, Native Americans that are left, and they are very few and getting fewer as they assimilate, I think. Um, uh, we are all of us from somewhere else, <laughs> without exception. We're from England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. We're from Germany, France, Spain, etc., etc., um, and uh, from Afghanistan now and from Ukraine now. Uh, and uh, we accept all this, and of course, our our last names reflect, and the people who are talking heads on TV reflect the fact that we are a mixed bag of people, and we accept that, and that is how we become a United States of America. That is, if we allow it, and of course, we have a tremendous um, uh, white supremacist uh a movement right now, uh, partly because of the enormous pressure of immigration coming into the country. And uh, so we have a burgeoning neo-Nazi party and so on. I may talk about that. I had experience with uh, America Firsters uh, when I was a, a child in grammar school. Uh, and so I know how they, uh, they how they reacted in those days. That's many many years ago now. That was in nineteen in the nineteen forties, uh, uh, early forties, before World War II. That I encountered a teacher who was definitely a, an America firster and uh, uh, was pulling for uh, Adolf Hitler uh, to take over Europe and. And she mistreated the students uh, whose parents, fathers in particular, uh, were in the Army or the Air Corps at, in those days, uh, later the Air Force. Um, and she, uh, she whipped us if, with a, uh, a wooden pad paddle if we made a mistake in our spelling or something like that. Uh, and held us up to ridicule, of course, uh, which was terrible for the psychology of the kids. Uh, so anyway, they um, they exist and they are uh, coming back and they are manifesting themselves all over the country in demonstrations and and of course in killings also because 
the shooting in Philadelphia of the uh, uh, Jewish work, uh, worshipers is, uh, that's one uh, area of prejudice that's being revived. Um, and if, uh, of course, they are willing to uh, to kill uh, uh, blacks who are obvious. They are obvious targets because uh, you you can take them in at a glance as someone who is not from uh, Europe, um, and and then get out your uh, your assault rifle and mow them down, which is being which is happening in. Uh, in schools and the grocery stores and churches and mm-hmm. so forth. Uh, so we really, really have a terrible problem. And and those who are um, who are the far right wing uh, and who are Trump's base, um, I'm afraid, are uh, are actually growing in numbers. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. I think it's because of the ongoing uh, immigration. Fear. I, I have, Fear. I have one, yeah, into this country. Um, I have one little incident I would like to... Uh, to Please. Uh, as an example of encountering, and this was the one in Maine, uh, encountering Hispanics up there. Uh, I went to a restaurant in uh, uh, close to... Uh, uh, an arts and crafts uh, center uh, for residences, residents, residents uh, who are artists or writers or musicians. It's the Hambage Center for Arts and Sciences. And the little town next door to the Hambage Center, which is a, uh, um, it's an old farm, actually, a 400-acre farm. Uh, with little cabins all over the place where the, the uh, artist or writer can isolate themselves and uh, and create music and novels and so on. I wrote at least three novels uh, at Hambridge. Mm. Uh, anyway, I, I going into town and going to a restaurant, which is rare because we had our food supplied on um, uh, at Hambridge. Um, here came uh, a waiter uh, who who barely spoke English, and so I spoke to him in Spanish, and he uh, he showed fright, absolute fear, when I began to speak Spanish to him. Wow! Because he he obviously was illegal, and he was afraid that I was some government spy who. Oh yeah, yeah, and so he quickly disappeared. I I tried to reassure him. I could see um, he did not want to talk to me in Spanish, although his English was quite broken, um, and uh, uh, and he simply vanished. And another waiter came to take care of me. Um, so uh, these people, uh, these illegal immigrants, are not only being bussed in because they have some kind of papers for at least a temporary stay in the country, there are a number of them who simply have managed to get into the country totally illegally. Uh, when I was teaching at uh, St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York, um, I had, of course, I was teaching uh, Spanish uh language, but mainly I was teaching Spanish literature and history. And I had a, a number of students who were from Cuba at that time. They, it was, there was a big immigration from Cuba, and a lot of them had come up into New York State. So I got to know a number of Cubans, and they have a, a different accent from the Mexicans, uh, but, but it's Spanish, <laughs> and we all need to learn Spanish. Fortunately, as a professor of Spanish and French, uh, I'm able to communicate with the people who come in, uh, but sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, it frightens the the person if they are illegals and and are afraid of being caught. So it, it causes all kinds of interesting incidents to happen uh, now uh, that are very different from uh, the way this country was when I was young, which is many many years ago. Oh, just. 
Yeah, it's just, it's a changing country. Um, I don't know what it'll be like. I don't know what it'll be like uh, 20 years from now, but if we handle it properly, if we handle it properly and we don't turn on ourselves and we don't have leaders that have us at each other's throats um, and we embrace other cultures, I think we'll be fine. Um, what what uh, your governor is doing in these two incidences, uh, he's, uh, he, he's, he's taking a political stand on uh, on on issues uh, just to satisfy his base, and that's scary. We started out with Abbott, and uh, and you know you kind of end with Abbott here. Uh, give us a, a a final note, Doc, on um, on on what you think ultimately the legacy, and we could do a whole show on what the legacy of Greg Abbott will be. But what at this point the legacy of of Gre- Greg Abbott will be, and and give us the Reader's Digest version. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to think of a legacy, actually, uh, because we are bristling with guns here. Uh, we have an open carry law, uh, so we can march up and down the streets with our uh, assault rifles legally. Um, we often do. We don't often do that, fortunately, uh, but people can have their. Uh, can have their pistols on their hips if they want. Um, they can have rifles over their shoulders if they want. And of course they can have them across the, the uh, rear windows of their pickups. Um, and uh, so that's one, one legacy we've got. Uh, we have more guns in Texas than people, I'm sure, by far. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's just amazing that we don't have more uh, mass shootings than we do. Yeah. Uh, but thank God we uh, we haven't had uh, more of them. We've had some really uh, terrible ones uh, in El Paso and in, in a small town called Santa Fe in East Texas and so forth. Um, oh, yes, and there's that uh, school shooting yeah. where somebody just decided. Yeah. That he would eliminate the entire congregation, and almost uh, almost succeeded in doing it. Uh, but that and and oh, <clears throat> by the way, another thing was that Abbott keeps saying, and that was one thing that he said to the people of Uvalde on the day after the massacre, that the whole problem was mental health. Um, he the problem was not guns; it was mental health. So. Um, we had a, a mental health uh, allocation set aside, and what uh, what Abbott has done with that is rob a, a quarter of it or more, I think a third of it, for Operation Lone Star. So even the paltry, uh, say, $300,000 or whatever uh, that was set aside to beef up the uh, uh mental health services in Texas um, was curtailed in order to uh, uh, to put up razor wire and boys uh, along the uh, the Rio Grande River uh, and also to uh, to arrest people um, for tr- uh, criminal trespass like this fellow uh, Garces Roble uh, who was uh, uh, who was criminally uh, was kept uh, away from the uh, the normal procedures, and all of those uh, eleven thousand uh, immigrants who came in and who were charged with criminal trespass were likewise kept away from the proper procedures that they should have gone through. So, um, as as a legacy. Uh, I really don't know. I guess. Uh, I guess appeasing the right. They, <laughs> uh, appeasing I, I, the right. I mean, appeasing the right. I guess the the good highways that we have here in Texas, um, uh, the electrical grid that we have in Texas is very very bad. It's unconnected with any other electrical grid, and it is inadequate for the the uh, extreme weather we're having, both the extreme heat and the extreme cold. And nothing has been done about it, really. It, it is being stressed to the point of breaking down again. 
and we have been asked to turn off our lights if we're not using them. So we have uh, only light in the, in the little part of our house that uh, where we are at the moment. Uh, so if we uh, finish dinner, uh, of course, we would have light over the dinner table. And then we would go into the uh, uh, into the TV area and have the TV on and, a, and maybe a, a lamp on there, but nothing else in the house. Um, so, but of course, all the electronic equipment would keep on buzzing anyway. Uh, but anyway, we're being asked to do that for fear of rolling blackouts all over the state because of our inadequate um, power grid. So th there's no legacy to be found there unless he uh, wakes up and does something about it uh, in fear of another freeze, deep freeze this coming winter, where uh, in uh, 2021 we had Actually, we had 800 people freeze to death, and the official count is 300. But uh, we know that there were far, far more people died uh, of, uh, of the cold than that. So, legacy? Now, forget, forget about it. At least I can't think of anything. Yeah, and, wow. of course, I'm not, I may not be fair. Uh, you, want, you need to ask a, a very right-wing Texan. Uh, what they, what all wonders he has done, because I'm sure they would come up with. He uh, kept he kept all guns, and he's keeping the brown people out, is what they're gonna say. It's like a scene. <laughs> right. You know, right. that's just it. Listen, great job, Texas matters for sure. Texas matters. Uh, the two double meaning there, double entendre, and um, or double meaning I should say. And <laughs> great job as always, Doc. Uh, to everyone out there, uh, binge listen to, to some other uh, shows. We encourage everyone to check them out. And you can kind of cherry pick uh, by the names and uh, signing off. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, we'll see you next time on the Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg Show. Uh, or for short, the Florence Weinberg Show.